All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. What a fantastic Friday. It is Positive Friday. How are you? Welcome to the Jason Greger Show. Sports 1440. And of course, coming to you live. Orders Nation. You too. Hope you're having yourself an awesome day. There's lots happening. Big weekend. Hockey, kind of quiet night in the NHL. Only two games. There's lots of AJHL action to get to. Of course, we have uh, Prairie Junior football playoffs. The uh, Huskies on the road in Regina on Sunday. You got the Elks back in action as uh, they're just playing for pride. Of course, uh, tomorrow it's the old doubleheader. How many of you are taking in the doubleheader? Montreal and uh, Edmonton at two. And then you have the uh, Oilers and the Vancouver Canucks. A rematch after Wednesday's season opening debacle, if you're an Oilers player or fan. And uh, couldn't have asked for a better start if you're Vancouver. They're pretty excited about it. 8-1. So we'll see. Uh the show, as always, is brought to you by PlayAlberta.ca, Alberta's only regulated online gambling website. We're also, if you're interested, Lotto Max tonight, $17 million. Book your tickets, book your winnings today at PlayAlberta.ca. Coming up on the show, loaded lineup for you today. Uh, Rod Peterson will join us. Uh, Bill Bender We'll have Lorianne Munzer, as always, in studio. Uh, Low Tide will be by. Uh, Wanya Gretz, uh, Craig Button, Mark Spector. Man, we got a jam-packed show the fellas have uh, loaded it in today, uh, which should be uh, which should be quite good. Looking uh, looking forward to it. 
Uh, also, we can, uh, I think we will have, we're going to do a little uh, auction today for the uh, home opener. If you uh, want to go to the game, we'll uh, auction those off during the show. I just want to get confirmation, but I'm uh, I'm pretty uh, pretty sure. Yeah. Yes, indeed we are. Uh, big thanks to uh, Chris from uh, Energy Capital. We'll donate those for uh, charity. They are uh, in the first row in the second deck. So no one in front of you. You get to sit, relax, enjoy the game. Do you want to go? You can uh, text in your bid to 833-401-1440. Just put your name, your bid on. It's very easy. And you know what? We'll do this one kind of rapid fire. Uh, We'll end it at 4 o'clock. All right? So away we go. Because I know everybody always waits at the last hour, and then it's great. But you know what? So we'll we'll shorten it up a little bit today between uh, 2 and 4 o'clock. As always, you can get involved. You can... uh, Texas 833-401-1440 in our Jiffy Lube inbox. And uh, Dave comes in. $500. Dave is already on the board. boy, Dave. Nice. So it's good. Also uh, on the show today, some uh, NHL storylines to uh, to discuss. Uh, and there's a few teams I want to watch. Like, I know they're going to be bad, but I think they might be really bad. The, uh, the San Jose Sharks. And uh, you... You know, goaltending is going to be a massive question mark. Uh, if you were watching the, any of that game last night, you know, they're close. And then all of a sudden, oof, um, Vegas gets a few goals on just some bad goaltending by uh, Cabo Kakin. Not uh, not ideal. And then it's pretty much uh, game over. They gave up uh, two goals in a minute 53 seconds, sorry, just 53 seconds, not even a minute 53, 53 seconds from uh, Hag and Roy, and you're just like, ouch. So, And then they scored early in the uh, third period. Braden Pahal, his first NHL goal, good for him. Former member of the Prince Albert Raiders, which is good. Hey, great, we already got texts coming in, I like it. Oh, the other thing I... Oilers practice today. Oilers fans, expect Matthias Ekholm in the lineup tonight, or sorry, tomorrow night, against the uh, Vancouver Canucks. Him and Bouchard were uh, skating together. Jay Woodcroft didn't want to come in on the pairs, but I highly doubt. First of all, Ekholm hasn't played a game all preseason. He's been practicing today with Bouchard. I don't see why you'd practice him with Bouchard. Now, they didn't do a ton of stuff, but every time they, they did these little three-on-twos just in the offensive zone drills, and when it was forwards against defense, it was always Ekholm with Bouchard. So I see no reason to think it's going to be something different than that tomorrow night. Cody Cece was with Nurse. Then you had Kulak and uh, Broberg. DeHarnay was skating with um, Marcus Niemelainen, and so uh, he'll kind of rotate in there uh, as well. See how it goes. But uh, Matias Ekholm will come back. He should help, no question. But I want to make it abundantly clear. If the order's work ethic is at the same low level that as it was in Winnipeg, it ain't going to matter. You could put Pronger, you could put Niedemeyer, you could put Coffee, put them all in. If you don't match the work ethic of your opposition, at least for the majority of the game, it's hard to win. It's just that simple. It's hard to win. So I, uh, I wouldn't... Um, I wouldn't expect a similar effort. 
It was one game, and it, it's the first game of the year. There's lots of more focus on it. They were just, they were terrible. They weren't good enough. I expect them to be much better uh, tomorrow night. Uh, it's at home. The building's going to be rocking. You got the new intro that they always unveil for the season opener. All right, every player gets announced before the game. Trust me, they'll be ready to go. And the funny thing was, the order's first five minutes in Vancouver wasn't bad. So it's sure they can come out and be good in the first five minutes, but can they be good in the last 55 minutes? That's going to be the question for the orders. There's no guarantees you win. It's not like Vancouver's roadkill. They're not terrible. But if the orders play their game, they're a better team. It's just that simple. They're a better team. So it's kind of where I stand on that. Uh, Nick is now in at uh, 600. Nick in the truck. At a boy. I like it. Also, you can uh, get us on Twitter if you like. At Jason Greger, at Connor Halley. The uh, Thursday night football game, the line was 10 and a half. I will say the, when the people make these lines, they know what they're doing. The Chiefs win by 11, 19 to 8. It was not a overly riveting game unless you like defense. I thought the Broncos defense played well. No, two bad interceptions by Russell Wilson, really the difference in that game. But, uh, you know, the Chiefs have now won 16 in a row. That is the third longest streak in NFL history against one team. 16 consecutive wins over the Broncos. You have their head coach calling a timeout, Cons. Did not know in what play it was. So not not a banner day for the uh, Broncos. I think that's fa- fair to say. But, man, this Chiefs defense, we talk about the Chiefs, we probably should talk about their defense more, Cons. Like, it is really good. Yeah, I mean they 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 get the job done when needed, and I mean they've added some nice pieces throughout the draft the last couple of years. Uh, George Karlaftis is a guy who gets after the quarterback. Uh, they, I mean, they've done a really good job. Obviously, we know Patrick Mahomes. When you have a quarterback like that, your defense isn't going to get a lot of the love, but they've got a lot of playmakers, and they get the job done when it matters. On the flip side, Gregor, the Denver Broncos are an absolute tire fire. I mean, you have. Uh, you're one of the guys you invested a first round pick in Jerry Judy getting into battles with Steve Smith pregame and he's becoming a problem uh, I thought he was going to be a very good player but as Steve Smith called him uh, Jag just a guy that's looks like what he is right now uh, the running game was okay but you know not when they needed it Russell Wilson like you said a couple key interceptions and wasn't moving the ball effectively 95 yards through the air uh, it just wasn't a good game for the Denver Broncos and personally after what Sean Payton just said about Nathaniel Hackett last year I love to see it you know a <laughs> random shot at a guy who didn't need to hear it you know what you this is karma uh, it's going really bad in Denver I don't know what their f- correction is uh, but another just kind of statement, uh, the AFC West goes through Kansas City. They're the best team in the division. Uh, I think they'll continue to prove it this season and beyond and now starting to get that balance because Mahomes can win with anybody. You put pieces around him who can catch the ball. Even though we've seen some bad drops in the past, he's going to find a way to get it done. They keep building up that defense. Uh, they're going to build a wagon out in Kansas City. Well, they have a legit running attack for probably the first time. Right? Um, I do still believe... Like, I know Rasheed Rice looks good, but if I'm Kansas City, in a passing league now, if I could, I would look to add a receiver. Yeah, And the great part about it is, cons. I think Patrick Mahomes can make a lot of receivers look better than they are. And huh? K- Kelsey's there, so you know he's going to take a lot of double teams. No question about that. So uh, if they could look at it, I would look to add a receiver if I could during the year. 
I'm with you. And I mean, I don't know how things are going to go for teams around the league, but imagine like Mike Evans there. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers probably feel they can compete in that division because it isn't good with the Saints, the Panthers, the Falcons. They probably think they can hang around, but he's a guy who's a pending unrestricted free agent. What if they made the move to go out and get a guy like Mike Evans? I think that would be something that would be outstanding. I mean, that's swinging for the fences, but 100%. They're going to need a guy who can, you know, beat the press coverage, can beat the double teams, uh, take a little bit of pressure off Travis Kelsey. I think Rasheed Rice might get there, uh, but right now, you know, if you had him as your kind of your secondary receiver, get Sky Moore as the third option, I think you're building an absolute juggernaut of an offense because you're right. Patrick Mahomes just makes every player he's with better. He makes, uh, you know, average players look good and good players look great. And, you know, they, they, they have missed, I think, a little bit of a threat, which is weird to say because they won the Super Bowl. Uh, but the offense doesn't seem as quick strike without Tyreek Hill. So if they can go oh. out there and get another player, like, you're not going to get a Tyreek Hill. But someone who can do what he can do, stretch the field, beat single coverage, beat double coverage, beat the press on the line. I mean, that's just going to make them uh, even more of the favorite in the AFC going forward. Yeah. Um, I know it's uh, it's super early on, but... Um Guess what? The uh, Seattle Kraken, Connor Halley, are who I thought they were this year, offensively. As, like last year, they had an unbelievable run as a group offensively. They start the season 0-2. They can't score, right? They simply can't score. So, you know, now I know the Orders only scored one goal, but the Edmonton Orders, do you honestly think Drysdale McDavid aren't going to wake up? They'll be better, right? The Edmonton Oilers, when the season's done, are going to be top five in goals for. No question in my mind. But the Saddle Kraken have uh, now lost 4-1 to one and 3 nothing. They have one goal in two games, and they, they just don't have, like, their fourth-line depth was amazing last year. Donato, Sprong, Geeky. Now, would they have all, will they all score the same level again? Now, Sprong did score in his first game in Detroit, so... You know, maybe they uh, miscalculated on the importance of that line. Lots of their top guys were rolling. Jared McCann's got the only goal this season for them. So, you know, he's on pace for 40 goals again, but no one else is. And so watch for Seattle. They are my team that I think offensively it's going to be a challenge this year for them. No question in my mind. It will be uh, an issue. It is super early, but the Pittsburgh Penguins, after all the moves, kind of how they play, they lose to Chicago in their season opener. Now they're into Washington tonight. That's a game that uh, has me a little bit interested to see. It's a not a not a busy night in the NHL tonight, as mentioned. There's uh, only two games on the docket: uh, Coyotes in New Jersey, and then the Penguins in Washington. But then we got 14 games tomorrow night. Two on Sunday. Uh, it splits up a little bit: five and nine, and then two. But uh, this month, there's like a lot of two games, then 12 games. Two games, then 15 games. Two games, then 16 games. If you don't know, neck on the 24th of October, every team in the NHL is going to be playing. First time in history, all 32 are playing on this. I think it's first time all 32 are playing on the same night. And uh, their starting times are staggered. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Imagine if they actually started on time. Oh, what a positive Friday that would be. An absolute beauty. The orders, by the way, are uh, in Minnesota uh, that night, in case you're wondering who the orders are playing when everybody is uh, going for the NHL. The orders schedule, I'll say this, and I'll wait to talk to the players after, but I wonder if they want a little bit more active of a schedule. The orders are getting lots of two-day breaks in between games. 
right? They played Wednesday, two days off. They'll play Saturday. They may have two days off. They don't play again uh, until uh, Tuesday. Uh, they're on the road in Nashville. They play Tuesday and uh, Thursday. Then uh, they're back home against uh, Winnipeg. Then they get two days off. They play Minnesota. Then the Rangers. Then they get two days off before the Heritage Classic. And they actually get three days off after the uh, the Heritage Classic. So uh, a very light schedule. Guys, Denver's complete garbage. They ain't picks and start the rebuild now. Do you think they will buy out Russell Wilson from uh, Dean? Well, release him, you mean? Yeah, it would cost him a lot. I don't know if, you know what? Why, I guess would be my question. If they're in a rebuild, then just keep the veteran quarterback. He actually was okay in the first few weeks. He wasn't very good yesterday. But, hey, guys, Jerry Judy on a team with an actual QB would be a beast. Yeah, but if you actually look at some of Russell Wilson's numbers this year, they're not bad. But he is not the level. But I'll say this. Good receivers find ways to get open regardless of who the quarterback is. Can't just always uh, blame the QB, at least for me. That's not uh, that's not how I see it. And he's had a lot of drops in his career in crucial moments. Oh, yeah. So, let's, I mean, I think that too. I think if you put him in a better situation, but just kind of how he's re- reacting to things off the field. I'm starting to question the guy, so I, I don't know. Maybe he isn't the guy I thought he was coming out of Alabama. Yeah, so see how it goes. Um, also, uh, later on today, we'll hear from uh, Leon Dreisaitl. Uh, Dylan Holloway, good news for Oiler fans, uh, Dylan Holloway. Now, the, the shot he blocked hit him on the exact same wrist that he had the surgery on twice, his left one, but uh, he, and, and he was nervous. He said it didn't feel good, and he was like, oh, my goodness, not again. But uh, he's fine, says it's a little sore, no big deal. Uh, was joking that it was lucky it was his left one, not his right one, because he was signing all the autographs yesterday here at West Edmonton Mall, just outside Sports 1440. Our location here at the studio. And he's ready to roll. That line was easily the order's best line in game one. They hope to uh, continue that. And we'll see where else they go. And the uh, Elks, Collins, what are you expecting? Like, obviously, there's nothing on the line uh, for the Elks now. They play a Montreal team who also has uh, nothing on the line. I know I shouldn't say that. Montreal's in the playoffs. But they don't really have – well, I guess they have home field. Them and uh, them and Hamilton, they're in a battle for it. So, you know, I look at Montreal, though, it's funny. Like, when I think Montreal, I don't think they're very good. Right? Like, they're 9-7, and seven, but – I don't find them that good. So I, I think this is like Winnipeg, Toronto, even BC, they're the top tier. Edmonton was close to Winnipeg. They're close to uh, BC. Uh, they kind of got dominated by Toronto. I think this Montreal team, they're like a middle-of-the-pack team. This is a team that Edmonton has to say we should be able to beat as we go forward. I think this is an important game to kind of see where you're at. We've seen them beat Calgary. We've seen them beat Saskatchewan, Hamilton, Montreal slightly up on the rung. And, uh, you know, if you beat them, then at least you're in the middle of the pack. Yeah, totally. I mean, I, th- I think this is a winnable game, like you say. I mean, the, there's definitely a tier one in the CFL, and it's not the Montreal Alouettes. I think Toronto's probably a, a clear-cut favorite going to the represent the East in the Great Cup. But, yeah, I mean, I think there's certainly importance to this game for a lot of players and you know maybe kind of sending a message to the fan base we still want to see trey ford continue to improve and have success out there uh you know there's obviously guys that are going to be back uh that have played well Gino Lewis being one, the pizza-eating champ at the Pizza Pig Out. Uh, but, you know, you, you look at some of the other receivers. Dylan Mitchell, I, I think to a certain extent, he's kind of unper- underperformed this year. We want to see what he can do. Is he going to earn a spot back next year? Cobb is a guy, a Canadian player, slot back, who's, you know, c- 
been ascending, starting to make some plays uh, throughout the offensive line. You know, st- standings-wise, yeah, it doesn't really matter. The Elks obviously going to miss the playoffs, but I think, you know, you want to put on a good performance for the hometown, and then obviously you want to try to do what you can to put good tape out there. You know, if you're not going to be back with the Elks, you want to be able to make sure you're going to be landing somewhere. So uh, I would expect a good performance from this team going forward, and Trey Ford, I mean, right now he's kind of must-watch action when it comes to CFL quarterbacks. So uh, get out there and watch this one uh, down at Commonwealth. Also a disappointing outcome today for the men's national team in soccer. Japan spanked them four. Four to one. So uh, first uh, debut with the new coach eh, didn't go very well. Now Japan's been pretty good. They beat Germany four to one. Beat Canada today four to one. But uh, obviously the uh, the men's going to want to play a little bit better than that moving forward. We'll take a quick break. Uh, we'll come back. Uh, RP will join us next on the Jason Greger Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca live. On Sports 1440 and Oilers Nation YouTube, uh, we have a pair of tickets uh, currently at six hundred dollars from Nick for tomorrow night's home opener. 223 as we continue on. Pause the Friday on the Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440. Also live on Odors Nation uh, YouTube. Thank you very much. Uh, quick question. Hey, guys, where's the uh, seats? The seats are uh, section 218, row one, which is uh, just on the, just at the blue line where the orders attack twice. All right. So really good seats. And uh, Nick has them currently at 600 bones, all for uh, charity. So uh, if you want to go tomorrow night, Home opener, it's always a pretty good atmosphere. You get to see the new video intro. Everybody's fired up. Uh, I can say this rather confidently. The orders will be better than they were in their season opener. Because it's hard to be worse. We know that for sure. So uh, we will look to uh, see what happened. Also, uh, Matthias Ekholm uh, will be in the lineup tomorrow. Let's get to... Uh, the football report brought to you by Legacy Heating and Cooling. Home of the no payments, no interest for one year on your furnace. Stay warm all winter at LegacyHeating.ca. Host of the Rod Peterson Show. Our good friend, Rod Peterson, joins us uh, once again. RP, how you doing? I'm doing well, Gregor. How you doing, buddy? Happy Friday. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's positive Friday. It's always nice. I like it. Where, where, are you, where are you? On the beach in Florida? I'm in my backyard. They call a screened-in patio in Florida a lanai. Okay. I call it a, a line A, and nobody gets it but me. Uh, okay, well, hey. Patrick Line, one goal shy of 200 in his career, so uh, that might be happening uh, very soon. Uh, <laughs> is, I want, let's talk a little hockey, then I want to get to the football. But uh, you're in Florida. What, what's the buzz around the Panthers after uh, what they did last year, went all the way to the Stanley Cup final? How much concern is there when you consider you know their two best defensemen aren't going to start the season? They're not overly concerned. Um, you know, Jason, a lot of teams that went through what the Panthers did last year come back angry. Vegas was angry last year. You could see it. They played angry. The Panthers aren't angry. They're very confident. They know they got a great team. Uh, they want to see the best Sergei Bobrovsky. There's good Bob. There's bad Bob, right? Um, so they lost 2 nothing in Minnesota last night. I watched the game in its entirety, and they weren't great, but real big one Saturday when they go into Winnipeg and Paul Maurice's return to Winnipeg, right? That's still not over, but they've got a, they got a good team, but you know, we cover the lightning too. And a bigger hole is Andre Vasilevsky for them. That was sort of the talk down here. What's the bigger hole losing Vasilevsky for two months in Tampa or Ekblad and Montour here sunrise for two months. It's probably, probably the lightning. 
Yeah, that's fair. I'll say this. I thought Gustafson was unreal for the Wild last night. He was. You know, like the Panthers could easily win that game. Gustafson, man, he made a few b- phenomenal stops there. So, uh, you know, goaltending, uh, it's rare, but it, it can definitely still steal a game for you in the high-scoring uh, offense of the National Hockey League. And, uh, you know, I look at Tampa Bay, and, you know, they're going to go with young goaltenders. I just... Their experience, man, I can't count them out. I, I, now, I don't think they're going to dominate in the first two months, but it really won't surprise me if we see Tampa Bay after two months sitting in first or second in the division. Well, it's the, the division the Leafs are in. So I've got the Leafs picked to win the Atlantic division and probably go wire to wire. And as you know, they're 1-0. and But, hey, Jason, you got to get down here sometime. I hope you do because hockey fans here get a bad rap. I saw a term last night that the Panthers got goalie by Minnesota. I'm like, how do you guys even know what that is? <laughs> but they do. <laughs> they know more than you'd think. They got goalie last night at Minnesota by Gustafson. They know. I think they know. Yeah. Yeah. No, hey, you know what? Well, Tampa Bay definitely has had tons of success. And, and Florida, you know, people are like, yeah, well, until once you win – it changes things significantly. And they got Kachuk. They got Barkoff. You know, I, I like their team when they're healthy. There's no question. And as you mentioned, if good Bob shows up, oof, they could be good. What are you, what's your expectations for Knight? Well, I was a little surprised that they sent him down to the minors to start the year because he's supposed to be the next one. And we all know he missed a half of last season, the last half of last season, being in the Players Association um, a player assistance program. And he had a good preseason. I watched him in training camp. I watched him in the preseason. He was very good. Yeah. So I don't know what's going on behind the scenes. When he was sent down to Charlotte, when they announced their final roster, I was like, what's going on here? He was better than that. So I don't know. He's got all the ability. We've seen it. He won World Junior Gold with Team USA. But it's a lot of it up here. He's still very young, Jason. He's very young. But he's got some stuff he's got to get figured out. Rod Peterson joins us. Is it just because maybe he didn't play for a year, they're just going to give him a few starts and then recall him, do you think? It could be a confidence issue. But they never really talked about why they sent him down Okay. at all. So, um, like I say, we're hoping for the best. And I've been around. I'm going for supper with the Panthers, some of the Panthers people tonight. They love They love him. It's not a character issue. It's not any of that. They just He's not the Spencer Knight that they want to see right now. So maybe that they did call it a condition extent in Charlotte. So I guess that's what it's going to be. Now let's get to the CFL, of course, uh, one of your huge passions. And uh, uh, Rough Riders, of course, um, 6-10. and 10, It's it's not being the season they'd want. But, you know, they're them and Calgary are battling it out. One of them's uh, going to make the playoffs. I, I don't think both will make it because Hamilton, I don't think they're going to be – well, they can't even catch him. So – what do you make of this Riders team, Rod? You covered the league for a long, long time. We're the voice of the Riders for a few decades. What, like, what, what's missing there? Uh, like culture within the organization is what's missing. I mean, they finished last season, Jason, on a seven-game losing streak on the way to going 6-12 and 12 and missing the playoffs, and now they're on track to do it again. And you know, there's that. I'm a little disappointed. You know, Tonight's game in Calgary is ostensibly a playoff game. Yeah. And 20 years ago, 2005 was the last time the Stamps and Riders met in Calgary this late with this much on the line. 2005, Marcus Crandall was the Riders quarterback. Henry Bruce was the Stamps quarterback. That place was jammed. I was there. I called the game. And I'm interested to see what's the attendance tonight. And if you want to go on the Commonwealth tarping off thing, I'm more than happy to do that. 
Um, but it's a playoff game tonight, and the Stamps are favored by 3.5 at our betting partner, Bet Regal. And um, I'm not totally sure why. Maybe it's because they're at home. But you, you say they're right. What, what are they missing? They're missing confidence. They're missing a good culture. They're missing a lot. They're missing Trevor Harris. I mean, I heard that this week. If he had, was healthy all year, where would they be? Fair, but Hamilton's doing it with backup quarterbacks. And Edmonton, well, let's not talk about it. <laughs> well, um, well, Trey Ford's at least worth, you know, the, the Elks have at least shown a pulse here in the second half of the season. You know, we can debate about Chris Jones and uh, the ridiculousness of bringing back his offensive coordinator where we knew exactly what he was and then he continued to be exactly what he was, which isn't good, lacking any sort of creativity. They make the change, not only at OC, the Jarius Jackson comes in and says, yeah, let's go to Trey Ford, and the Elks look like a completely different team. They're not, they're not in the echelon of Winnipeg or Toronto yet, but they beat Saskatchewan, they beat Hamilton, they beat Calgary. Like they, I think Chris Jones wasted the season, Rod. He wasted the season by being stubborn, uh, keeping his OC as long as he did. You aren't wrong. I hope you're not looking for an argument because <laughs> I just talked to an Elks guy this afternoon at length, and one thing he pointed out was Edmonton lost to Sask twice by less than five points. Where are we if things are reversed right now? Yeah. Like that's how close they were with bad play calling offensively and I don't want to say any more about what our conversation was other than this guy said we're very close as a franchise as you said uh, a pulse and his thing said it wasn't as much the quarterback change of Cornelius to Trey Ford that flipped the switch it was the difference in the offensive coordinator yeah and he's like who, who knows how Cornelius could have played in a Jerry's Jackson offense and I guess at this point it doesn't matter because you're not looking back but with the Rough Riders, um, there's a lot of pressure there, man. I don't think people understand. It's like the orders in Edmonton. The pressure is insane. And it makes some people crumble. And uh, you either rise up or you crumble. And what have the Riders done? They have not risen up and answered the bell. They could still, but they've lost five in a row going into tonight. I'm, I'm not real confident that they're even going to make a showing. Yeah. Uh, Rod Peterson joins us from the Rod Peterson Show. Rod, what are you hearing from your sources around the league on where are they at with the commissioner? Are they happy with what the Randy Ambrosi's done overall? Well, I don't talk to those people anymore for a variety of reasons. Largely, I don't believe what they have to say. So um, you haven't heard Randy from Randy? For, I haven't. No. For a long time. I mean, I like him. We're I'm on the air in Edmonton here right now, and he played for the Eskimos. I know Randy's beloved, and I like Randy. But this is a board of directors, board of governors, that got rid of Mark Cohan. Yeah. The greatest commissioner in my mind we've ever had. So it took, what way is the wind blowing, Jason? That might tell you how they feel on Ambrosi. Yeah. Um, but I don't go too far down that road because on the discussion of uh, Halifax expansion, you pulled my leg enough that I don't believe it anymore. They've cried wolf too much. And, uh, and I like Randy, but they got sold a bill of goods by Genius Sports and this stats thing. I mean, you know it as well as I do. It hurts my heart to say the Riders are viewed in Canada, or the CFL is viewed in Canada as a minor league. But who's responsible for your brand? You are. Yep. It's their own doing. Yeah. That hurts me to say, but it's true. Yeah, it's hard to argue. What do you make of the, the Elks tarping off the second, uh, the second deck, excluding for uh, special games next season? Hot take alert. I don't have a problem with it. 
do the math. Look at the games. They could have played the games at Clark Stadium the last two years. <laughs> but what I heard today from multiple sources, Jason, is that, yeah, they moved season ticket holders. That's not shocking, right? 55-yard line, moving those people in the upper deck. And I thought, hey, give him a signed football from Manny Arsenault or take him out for lunch or give him a jacket and, that, and they'll be good. They're not doing that, I understand. They're saying take it or leave it and be happy we're allowing you to buy tickets. And I'm like, if that's the way they're treating the fans, then they don't deserve to have fans. I, I, I was flabbergasted. It doesn't take much, man, to treat your fans well. Yeah, and if they're treating them this shoddily, they, they deserve the backlash they're getting. Uh, to me, you're a season ticket holder. and You've been in the upper deck for 15, 20 years. You're just used to the vantage point. Obviously, you like it. That's why you keep renewing your tickets. And you can't just say, hey, we're closing it, take it or leave. To me, you, you would want to keep them as season ticket holders and do something for them. Right. Uh, all right. And, you know, but it's funny, like I heard some who said, hey, I got an offer and some people liked it. And, you know, obviously some didn't. So I've kind of heard varying reports from season ticket holders, at least who have emailed me about kind of what their experience was because I asked people to. So, you know, we'll see. I, I, obviously, no one likes change. That's a fact. I, I don't care who people are. The, most of us are very hesitant to really accept change right away. I look at BC and I see how it's worked in BC. Um, so I think there's a better chance uh, in Edmonton. Like, this will create a better atmosphere most games. You still have the opportunity on the rematch against Calgary. If Saskatchewan comes in when they're competitive, you know, maybe you can get to thirty-five or 40000 for those games. But if you can create a really good lower bowl atmosphere every game, then you're going to have a much better chance to have 30000 every game. Rick Lawlisher was the guy that did it in BC, and I can only assume he's the guy that's doing it in Edmonton now. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's, it's not as much about – initially I thought it was all about attendance, and it's not really. And I think sports people know that. But, again, if they're treating season ticket holders poorly, then they deserve what they get. I don't know the inside of it either, but I just heard that there was no offer of, of a gift or anything like that. Uh, but as far as change, yeah, people don't like it. But look where you're sitting right now. Look what's going on in your life. I mean, change is good. Right? Or can we just stop complaining? Some people like to complain just to complain. I'm not one of those people. You and I are both people that embrace embrace change. So I hope that it works out. But if they've stopped, you know, making those overtures to their fans, which they might have, because that happened in Calgary. You wonder why the attendance is so bad. I spent the last two summers in Calgary, and they just the fans have been completely forgotten by the Stampeders. Yeah. And uh, so maybe if that's what's happening in Edmonton again, they're getting what they deserve. RP, always good to have you on, buddy. Uh, enjoy it on the uh, the line, eh? And, uh, and we'll talk to you again soon. Anytime, brother. Thank you. That's uh, Rod Peterson from the uh, Rod Peterson Show. The Edmonton Orders, make it official. Adam Ernie has signed a one-year contract. They also put uh, Marcus Niemelainen on waivers today. Uh, if he clears, which I expect, uh, he'll be going down to uh, Bakersfield uh, tomorrow. Obviously, he's got to be on there. Uh, I don't expect Ernie in the lineup tomorrow night. I guess there's a chance. But, um, you know, they, 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 hey, they might. They might go 12-6. and six. We'll see. But uh, Adam Ernie signed a two-way deal. So uh, 775 in the NHL. I'm hearing uh, 250 in the minors for uh, Adam Ernie. Let's take a quick break. When we return, we'll hear from uh, Bill Bender. We'll get uh, more coming up on, on the orders a little bit later on. LT will be by, Craig Button, Mark Spector, uh, Jeff Patterson, and much, much more in a busy positive Friday edition of the Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440 and live on Owners Nation YouTube. Positive Friday rolls along. 
Jason Greger, Connor Howley. We've got a lot of tickets from uh, season, a lot of texts coming in from uh, season ticket holders. We're going to get to those coming up. Uh, some interesting, uh, different dynamics on. Uh... Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. How they've been uh, treated in this closure of the uh, second deck. How that means. So uh, we'll get to uh, all of that. You're on Sports 1440 live on Oilers Nation YouTube. But uh, first, talk a little uh, football brought to you by Next Gen Transportation. Heavy haul transport provider, 100% locally owned and operated. And they are hiring. You're looking for a great gig? Guess what? NextGenTransportation.com. Uh, and as I mentioned earlier, Adam Ernie has signed a, a one-year two-way deal with the Edmonton Orders and even line and placed on a waiver. So the Orders will have 12 forwards. We'll see if they dress them tomorrow or not, but they will have 12 forwards. Uh, Kulak and Broberg were taking a lot of reps together today, so maybe DeHarnay's out. We'll see. Or maybe they stick and just go 11-7 and seven with the return of Matthias Ekholm. As uh, Bill Bender from Sporting News joins us to talk a little NFL. And, uh, Bill, welcome to the show. Good to have you back on. It's uh, it's interesting watching the Kansas City Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes admitted again, like, like their offense isn't the Chiefs' offense of the past. It hasn't been as in sync as they would like, but, man... Like this might be the best Chiefs defense we've seen, at least during this era where the Chiefs are a top team. Yeah, they're grinding out some victories. I mean, last night they a couple mistakes that you're not used to seeing Patrick Mahomes make. But when I say grind it out, I mean Isaiah Pacheco has become a huge player for them. And when in doubt, when is Travis Kelsey not open? Maybe you know the answer to that. I, I mean, it seems like he is never not open for them. And the defense, as you mentioned, has benefited from the return of Chris Jones. I still think that the class of the AFC, it's not perfect, but uh, whoever's going to win the AFC is still going to have to go into Arrowhead and win, and that's not easy to do. No, uh, not at all. And that's, well, that's going to be the challenge, right, for Buffalo and Miami is to see if they can can catch the Chiefs because going in there come playoff time, it's very difficult. Obviously, Buffalo showed you can win there, but it's obviously uh, difficult. Um, what do you make of the San Francisco 49ers? Like, are, are they the class of the NFC in your eyes? Yes, I think they're the best team in the NFL. As much as I like the Chiefs, I think the balance of just the playmaking talent. I mean, obviously, Christian McCaffrey's having an NFL, cal- NFL MVP caliber season. 
Uh, Brock Purdy continues to just do his thing. I mean, what what a wonderful season he's having. Uh, nine touchdowns, no interceptions, not making mistakes. Uh, they've got playmakers at receiver. The defense is good. They're well coached. It's a they check every box. I mean, what? How many more boxes do I need to check here? And the way that they Dallas last week, uh, inhospitable. The way that they beat the Cowboys at home, and uh, I, I mean Philadelphia and Detroit are right there, but I think San Francisco is the class of the NFC, especially with Purdy the playing the way that he is. Now, uh, this just came down today. The uh, Broncos, it sounds like Frank Clark is out. Now, I guess maybe it could be like Randy Gregory last week and there's a trade that materializes until the release becomes official, but uh, Clark uh, gave back $1.7 million of his base salary this week to a facilitated departure. So when you think of Frank Clark, do you see a team out there that's a good fit for him? Well, he'll find one. I mean, somebody that needs an edge rusher. I think uh, Detroit would be interesting. I don't know if that's the best fit because, I mean, they could look to add one or two more pieces. Um, the Saints are another team that are kind of in that mix. Of, I really like what the Saints are doing defensively. You add him on top of it. And then, of course, you know, there are a couple others. I do think he can help you and get a couple sacks and help a pass rush, especially for – but I don't think he will go to not a playoff contending team, if that makes sense. It would be somebody that's an added bonus for somebody that's going to make the postseason. Yeah, no, and that's fair. I, I'm sure he'll be able to kind of pick and choose and, and see – uh, where he goes, and obviously he's pretty confident he's going to sign somewhere. He gave back $1.7 bucks just to get yeah. out of Denver. What, what do you make of the Broncos, man? Um, you know, they've come in, and it, it's, it looks like th- there's no improvement, right? And, you know, Sean Payton uh, you know, kind of had that drive-by cheap shot on Hackett last year. Now he's the head coach, and so some would say maybe it's fitting because Denver doesn't look much better with Payton as they did with Hackett. Yeah, it, th- that's kind of stumping to me, honestly. I thought Denver would improve. I liked this core of players that they drafted a few years ago, on, especially on the defensive side, guys like Sertain and Jonathan Cooper. And to be fair, the defense played well last night. For as maligned as they were in that 70-point game against Miami, I thought the yeah. defense played okay. Offense is a mess. Offensive line is a mess. Russell Wilson's trying to play through it. It had injuries. You had the back and forth with Jerry Judy and Steve Smith. I that I didn't see it being this bad this year. I'll be the first to admit that. No, I, I, I'd be with you. I didn't think it would be this bad. I didn't think they'd be good. But uh, obviously I didn't necessarily expect them to be uh, this bad. But uh, it's ironic. Um, you know, the guy who ripped on the previous coach is now the head coach. He's not having much more success. Um, we saw the Cincinnati Bengals bill get off to a slow start. Uh, Jamar Chase had a massive week last week. And if you look at how receivers have fared against Seattle so far this season, we could have a repeat performance, uh, regardless if T Higgins is back in the lineup or not as, as their number two receiver. Are, are you still high on the Bengals? Oh yeah. I, I, high is a relative term though. I think they, for the second or third straight season, got off to a brutal start. I think Joe Burrow came back a touch too early from the calf injury. He just wanted to get out there, and, you know, it was rough the first couple weeks. But pretty simple, right? Get it to Jamar Chase. Get the running game going. Their defense is playing a little better. And they've put away some of those early season woes. And I think you're exactly right. Jamar Chase probably will have another big game this week. And they got to get mixing going a little bit more. But Joe Burrow – 
for whatever reason, September hasn't been to him, and then they start to get it going. And last year was kind of the same deal. They were the best team in the regular season towards the end of the year. So they do have a little bit of work to do in the division with Baltimore. And even, well, I would say Cleveland, but that's a that's of a different sort right now. <laughs> well, Cleveland's defense is actually pretty solid, so we'll see how the 49ers go. But my goodness, their offense—I don't know if they'll get across half uh, or midfield against the uh, the 49ers defense. Like if we're if we're thinking a blowout, like that's the obvious blowout of the week, I would think. Well, it, like you said, their defense really good with Jim Swartz. You know, Miles Garrett—they're getting the best out of him. The back seven has improved and is not breaking down as much. But this quarterback situation, I don't know voodoo or a witch doctor or what, but Deshaun Watson in year two, it just hasn't happened, you know, with this injury. And apparently the thing I read today was he's medically cleared, but he's not, you know, feels like it's game ready. And that is a a tough one to throw P.J. Walker out against that San Francisco defense. Cleveland, if they get him back, and the Nick Chubb injury on top of it, by the way, if they get back, I still think they could creep into the wild card conversation. But, man, what a brutal couple weeks for the Browns. Bill Bender joins us uh, talking all things uh, NFL. Bill, it hasn't happened since 1993 when the Detroit Lions won their division. But they look good. They're 4-1. and one. It's been a long time to think, hey, the Lions are good. But, man, they look really good. And they're, they're two games up on Green Bay already, three up on the Bears and Vikings. It looks like, you know, they got a pretty good chance to end that draw. How much of a believer are you in the Lions? Oh, they're going to win the division for sure. I, I think with that, the way that they went into Lambeau and took care of Green Bay and their offensive line is very good, had a couple injuries. Their defensive line, led by Aiden Hutchinson, controlled that game. They, they have all the right pieces, you know, and they've had some guys get beat up a little bit, but that supporting cast around golf of David Montgomery and Sam Laporta and Amon Ross St. Brown and Jameer Gibbs, even though he's been hurt, I mean, this is a team that could threaten the 49ers and the Eagles. I don't know if they're quite there yet as far as getting to the Super Bowl or the NFC Championship game, but there's no doubt that the class of the NFC North and you know, Green Bay is probably the second best team, but the Packers showed Monday night that uh, they're still a work in progress with Jordan Love. Oh yeah, hey man, young quarterbacks. It's a tough league, Bill. It's a real tough league for uh, for a lot of them. Um, one final one for you. Where are you on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Love what Baker Mayfield done. You know, this is, seems like home for him. And again, keeping it simple, throw the ball to Mike Evans, play tough defense, and. You know, for a team that had to get through the Tom Brady retirement, this wasn't the worst plan. I was skeptical when they got Baker Mayfield. But, I mean, again, that's a guy that won a Heisman Trophy, knows how to lead, helped Cleveland win a playoff game, and we just talked about the Browns. And now Tampa Bay's got this opportunity against the Lions on Sunday to prove it. I think that's going to be a very good football game. And for the vintage throwback NFL fan, you'll get to see those old creamsicle buccaneer jerseys those things are always i don't know if they're ugly or cool they're always but if the answer somewhere in between they're probably pretty cool i love the creamsicle jerseys man they're one of my favorites so uh, i'll be uh, looking forward to watching that uh, bill we appreciate your time uh, enjoy the weekend of the nfl Hey, no problem. Thanks for having me on. Take care. Bill Bender from the Sporting News. And, you know, the other game, I, I know, but I'm intrigued to watch the Vikings and the Bears. The Bears offense the last few weeks, man, has been really good.
easily could be a, a two and three. Now they're not they're not the juggernaut by any stretch, but Fields is entertaining cons. And uh, the last few weeks, you know, no Jefferson in Minnesota. The Bears, uh, the Bears might be able to pull off a win at home. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the, the big X factor there. How will Kirk Cousins do without Justin Jefferson, a guy who really opens up that offense? Will they lean on the run game, or does Jordan Addison, the, the young rookie out of USC, uh, can he take a next step? I think he's battling some ankle injuries as well. And you're right. I mean, the Chicago Bears, I've said it a couple times, I thought some of the big plays that they got against the Commanders were due to the Commanders' poor defense and maybe uh, the corners being a little bit aggressive. Uh, but they've got some weapons. Uh, Cleo Herbert on the IR, so they'll be without him, one of their running backs. That's a tough one. But Justin Fields, I mean, the guy can be dynamic. We know that. He's he's great when the pocket breaks down and he's out there moving. Uh, if he can buy time and find guys downfield, that offense can be explosive. So, yeah, for a couple teams that are desperate with one and four records, should be a good game out in Chicago. Jason Greger, Connor Halley with you on Sports 1440 Live and Orders Nation YouTube. Uh, if you missed it, Adam Ernie has signed a one-year, two-way deal with the Edmonton Orders, a league minimum of 775 in the National Hockey League. Uh, he will join the uh, roster as a Nima Line uh, put on waivers today. Uh, he'll clear tomorrow. Uh, Matthias Ekholm skating and uh, will make his season debut tomorrow. He was paired up with uh, Evan Bouchard today. Uh, Jay Woodcroft, uh, as you know, I never like to say, but they practice together. I'd, you know, I'd, I'd be surprised considering you had Nurse Cece, Kulak, Broberg, and you had, and then uh, DeHarnay was with Nima Linen. So DeHarnay, will they go at 12 and 6 tomorrow or will it be 11 and 7? We'll see. Uh, and I didn't think DeHarnay was bad by any stretch. Right, like, do you put Adam Ernie in? Do you want the fourth line, or do you want that home ice, the opportunity to put McDavid and Drysaddle out against that young third pair of the Vancouver Canucks? I would think so. So, it's me. I'm going eleven and seven tomorrow. Let's get to the uh, con man and a sports center update brought to you by BIE Engineering, specializing in all your residential, commercial, and industrial structural engineering needs. Go to bieeng.com.